Good morning, PCN family. It's uh, Sunday morning, and we're so glad that you have been able to join us uh, online for this uh, Sunday morning service. Uh, we are uh, uh, sorry that we've got to meet this way again, uh, but uh, thankful that we do have some technology that allows us to be able to broadcast to you right where you're at, whether you're at home or whether you're gathered together with friends and family. Uh, we uh, hope that you're staying safe and staying healthy. And uh, for those of you that are not feeling well and are at home today, we are praying for you and trusting uh, for God's healing in your life uh, so that we can get back to normal uh, once again. And uh, we're looking forward to this being a short time or a short term uh, problem that we're fixing or trying to remedy, uh, but we hope to gather together soon. So for the next two weeks, uh, we're going to join together in this in this form. And so there will be no in-person gatherings uh, here at the church uh, for the next two weeks, but we will have Zoom capabilities if small groups want to meet that way or if you want to gather together in your homes, uh, that is perfectly fine as well. But we hope that you're staying safe and staying healthy in these crazy days. I just have a few announcements for you this morning as we uh, begin our time together. Uh, we won't be doing any music today, but we're going to share some announcements uh, for some things that are going on, and then uh, we'll get into our teaching time today as well. So uh, today was supposed to be Promotion Sunday, and uh, we look forward to being able to promote all of our children and uh, young people as they go up to the next grade level. And uh, we look forward to honoring our teachers as well in the days and weeks to come. So we are not forgetting about you. Uh, we're just uh, delaying uh, Promotion Sunday a little bit, and so we're looking forward to that time together again. Also, uh, all the small groups that are supposed to meet tonight, obviously they will not be meeting here on campus uh, but again, please, if you want to meet in person uh, together, you can gather together at homes and uh, encourage one another that way as well. We look forward to that. Also, uh, about a year ago, we had um, the group Pick and Bow with us, uh, and David Smart and Michelle Goyth with us, and uh, they have put together a virtual concert just for our church. And so we are going to be broadcasting that uh, through these same platforms, YouTube and Facebook, and uh, we'll be sending out a link to that concert as well through the church email. And so be looking for that a little bit later today. And, uh, and there will be ways that you can help support their ministry as they have been limited in their travel and their uh, opportunities to share what God's gifted them and called them to as well. But we look forward to being able to bring that to you, a uh, concert from Pick and Bow. And so be, seeing, be looking for that a little bit later as well today. So we're looking forward to that. I wanted to take a time uh, this morning and just uh, be able to spend some time in prayer. And so I want to ask you if you would, if you would just join me in prayer this morning uh, before we jump into God's word together this morning. So would you pray with me this morning? Father God, we uh, thank you so much for another day. A day, Lord, that has been uh, filled with uh, opportunity. A day that is filled with uh, uh, your presence in our life a day that we can set aside to worship you, whether we're gathered in person with friends and family or whether we're sitting watching church um, just in our homes, wherever we may be right now, Lord, would you help us today to, to put aside the distractions of the world, to put aside what is going on in our own personal lives for just a moment and to really just focus in on what you want to say to us today. Would you help us to worship you today in spirit and in truth? Whether that's through singing some songs with our, our family and friends or turning on our, our, our radio or turning on our, our music player, whatever we may use to sing some songs of worship and praise. 
whether that's spending time in prayer, of just talking to you and listening to your voice in our life, or maybe our time of worship today is to be able to get out and about and to encourage somebody else with a smile, with a word of encouragement. Uh, God, whatever it may be that you lay on our hearts, would you help us to be obedient, to, to trust you, to worship you in spirit and in truth today, Lord. I'm reminded today, Lord, of, of your prayer as you taught your disciples to pray in Matthew chapter 6, Lord. And you, you went through that prayer of, of how we should pray. But one line in there that sticks out to me today is, Lord, we pray that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God, that, that line is so loaded with truth and so loaded with, with, uh, with reality for us as Christians today. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to personalize that today. Can we pray that prayer that says, God, may your will be done in my life today as it is in heaven. Will your will be done right here in Pittsfield and Pike County as it is in heaven? And God, what that means is we're surrendering our ways we're surrendering our will to what you want for us today. God, we lift up those to you today that are not feeling well. God, we are sorry that they are sick. We, we are sorry that they are struggling with the physical ailments that they are battling with. And God, I pray that you would help them to, to rest, to find their strength in you. God, I pray that you would heal their bodies, heal the physical ailments, and that you would be so real that your presence would just come and just surround them today with your healing power in a special way today. God, I pray for those that are feeling well today. I pray that you would continue to, to bless them and, and use them, Lord, to, to be your hands and feet, Lord, to those around us in a special way. God, I pray that today as we look to your word, that you would speak to us in a special way. That, you would hear, that we would hear your voice speak to us. And it wouldn't be my words or it wouldn't be my voice that's being heard. But God, I pray that the miracle of preaching would take place today and that even in spite of our situations, you would work beyond our circumstances and we would be able to trust you completely for your voice to be heard in our lives. May you give us courage, Lord, today to be obedient with what you tell us, to do something that shows that we love you and that shows others that you love them as well. God, we love you today. We give you praise and thanks. And we ask you, God, to use this time for your glory and honor and for our good, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen, amen. I wanna encourage you as we uh, get ready to look to God's word this morning to turn in your Bibles to the book of Psalms. Uh, Psalms is a, a huge book of the Bible, and if you don't know where that's at, you can look that up on your device, or if you've got a, a Bible there, it's usually right in the middle of your, of your Bible, and you can open that up. We're going to be in Psalm 27 for our text this morning, and as you're turning there, we're going to look to the whole Psalm, Psalm 27 today, but we're going to be jumping around to some other Psalms just to kind of highlight what God is showing us today, but I wanted to talk to you today about being in God's waiting room. And God's waiting room is one of those places where a lot of times we are, we are nervous to be. We don't like to be there because uh, we're uncertain of what's going to happen. Or uh, I think about just being in any kind of waiting room. Uh, it's, it's hard to wait at times. 
For me, I remember as a kid growing up how hard it was to wait for Christmas. And it's hard to believe that we're thinking about Christmas right now. It's, it's the middle of August, but uh, sometimes Christmas sneaks up on us. But as I was uh, remembering this week about my time as a child growing up, waiting for Christmas was one of those times it was just really, really hard. Uh, we were not a, a wealthy family by any means. My mom and dad did their best to make Christmas special, and they did every year. It was one of those special moments where we would go to sleep on Christmas Eve and we would, we would know that the, the tree was decorated and the house was decorated and there might be a few gifts under the tree. But then waking up on Christmas morning was such an awesome time because everything was special. We were waiting as kids to open gifts and presents of what we would receive. But mom and dad made that time so special because they knew that we were looking forward to something great. We always had times around the tree uh, as a family reading the Christmas story and, and talking about the true meaning of Christmas. But as you can imagine, as I'm sure some of you have, uh, have experienced in your own life, waiting at Christmas to open that gift is a hard thing to do. I remember it was very difficult for me even as, as a kid that I would even tend to peek and try to, to cheat the system, so to speak, when it came to the gifts. And I remember one year in particular that I went to peek at what gifts were already wrapped, and uh, it cost me dearly. As I got in trouble, it ended up not getting those gifts that I saw under the tree. You see, waiting is hard. Waiting is very hard. I heard a story of, about a, a guy in Los Angeles that was charged with unlawful discharge of a handgun because he shot his toilet five times because his daughter had flushed her hairbrush in the toilet and he became impatient trying to get that hairbrush out of the toilet. I'm sure many of us have had that a similar scenario where we get so frustrated in waiting that we just take out our frustration on whatever we're waiting for. You see, waiting is hard, even when it has to do with a project we may have started ourselves. Heard of another story about a guy who was, who was waiting. This guy was in Wichita, Kansas, which kind of hit home for me to read this story. But he was supposed to meet his wife at the mall on his lunch hour for uh, some time of shopping and spending time together as a couple. And he patiently waited at the mall for 15 minutes for his wife. And then he proceeded to impatiently wait another 15 minutes for his wife. At this time, he was so irate and so flustered that he, he looked out outside the store they were supposed to meet and he saw this picture booth that was sitting in the middle of the hallway and he decided, I'm going to go take some pictures of my frustration to give to my wife. He goes over there and he takes four of the meanest the scrawliest face he could come up with of these four pictures. And he went back into the store where he was supposed to meet his wife. And he gave this band of pictures to the lady at the counter and said, when my wife shows up, would you give her these pictures to show her how much I was disgusted at having to wait for her? So his wife comes into the store. She's handed these pictures and she proceeds to look at these pictures and kind of chuckle to herself. And she puts them in her purse and she has kept them with her every 
single day. And so when people ask her, oh, are you married? What's your husband like? She pulls out these pictures and shows her friends what a loving, patient husband she has of these crazy, mean pictures of her husband. What's the moral of the story? Well, be careful what material your wife has on you to show her friends. Am I right? No, not, not really. But the moral of the story is waiting can be hard. Most of us do not enjoy the waiting room. It's especially difficult when we're waiting on things that are much more important than clogged toilets or a tardy spouse. I think about times when some of you and, and myself included have been in those, those waiting rooms where we're in the hospital waiting room and we're waiting for a loved one who's having a procedure done. Uh, sometimes those procedures are life-threatening and we're nervous and we're, we're worrisome and we're, we're, we're wondering what's going to happen. And those times in the waiting room are hard. Or maybe you can look back on your life and think about those moments where you were having to wait to start a family. And I think about scripture of Abraham and Sarah as they waited many, many years for their family to start and the promise that God had given them. Or maybe you've waited for that, uh, that job that you've applied for or the promotion that you believe that you uh, are so deserving of and you're waiting for that time to come. Or what about you've had those test results the test has been taken and you're waiting for those results to come back and the, the nervousness that comes with that. Being in the waiting room is not an easy place for us to be. Maybe you've been sick or not feeling well for, for days or weeks or months and the doctors can't seem to figure it out. We don't know what's wrong and we're just waiting on answers. And maybe you've been at a place spiritually where you're waiting on God to give you an answer to your prayers. Maybe you are waiting for that promise of, of a spouse or a family or that promise of what God is calling you to. You see, the discipline of waiting is not easy. But I believe as we look to God's word, there are some keys to growth while we wait. And as we look at the psalmist, we, we look and see what David had experienced in God's waiting room. He was waiting to become king after he was anointed by Samuel. And then we see times when he had to run for his life from King Saul because of what was going on in his life. Let's look to Psalm 27 this morning for our text and see what we can learn, some keys to growth as we wait in God's waiting room. Read along with me from Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent 
and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says to you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Thanks be to God. And as we look at David's life here in this psalm, I believe we can see that God has some key truths for us while we're in his waiting room. So the first key is this. If you're taking notes, you can jot this down. The first thing we need to remember and how we can respond and grow in the waiting room is this. Number one, we need to learn to worship while we wait. Worship while you wait. Verses four through six of our text say, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above my enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. You see, we need to learn to worship while we wait. Most people worry when they wait. Worry will do nothing positive for us. And in fact, it will do a lot of negative for us as we wait. Let's think about that for a minute. What really is worry? We've spent a lot of time in recent weeks talking about this. But let me just summarize it by saying this. What is worry? Worry is when you think with your mind and you speak with your mouth all of the negative things that could happen or might happen or what if scenarios enter our mind? That's what worry is. It's all the negative things that we allow to creep into our mind and then we speak them out with our mouth. But let's think about what worship is. What is worship? Worship really is the opposite of worry. Worship is when you think with your mind and you speak, or as our text says, you sing with your mouth all the positive blessings and the abundant promises of God. You see, the waiting room really is an opportunity for us to express our trust in God and to praise His name. You see, worship is really most powerful. It's the most productive in our lives in those moments that are the toughest. We can all probably relate to that as what we're going through in our world right now. It seems like tough times, yet it gives us opportunity 
to worship while we wait. I think about Paul and Silas as they were in prison in Acts chapter 16. And we, if you read this story, I would encourage you to go back to Acts chapter 16 this week and, and read this story about Paul and Silas. They're, they're in prison. They're waiting their, their punishment. They're waiting their, the decision, their, the verdict on their life. And what do we find them doing? We find them singing, singing hymns to the Lord in Acts chapter 16. So let me ask you this this morning. What are you waiting on in your life today? I don't know what it is for you, but I do know that we need to choose to worship rather than worry. You see, worry will lead to fear, and fear can paralyze us in those moments where we need to not be so worrisome, where we need to be worshiping God. And you see, worship will lead us to strengthen our faith, to help us to have hope and trust in God. And when we have our hope and our trust in God and our faith is renewed, we can experience the power of God in the waiting room as well. As Pastor Greg shared with us last week, maybe you're at a place this week where you're still waiting on God's call in your life. You're waiting to know what He is asking of you to do. You're waiting on God's timing, and His timing doesn't necessarily match up with your wants or your desires. How are you responding as you wait? Will you learn today with me that we must worship while we wait? How are we responding and growing in the waiting room? We're worshiping while we wait. Number two, we need to honestly express our emotions. Verses seven through nine give us some honesty from, from the psalmist David here. He says, hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says to, of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God, my Savior. There's some passion there. There's some, there's some expressions that David is, is putting out to, to God as he's saying, God, I know I can trust you, but in this waiting room, I need that reminder. I need you to turn your face towards me. I want to tell you this morning that, that honesty is a key ingredient to any relationship. And it's very true of our relationship with God as well. You see, without honesty, your relationship with God will degenerate into hypocritical, hypocritical pretending. Let me say that again. Without honesty in your relationship with God, your relationship with Him will degenerate into hypocritical pretending. What does that mean? It means if I'm not being honest with God and sharing with Him my feelings and, and what I'm going through in life, I'm going to begin to have thoughts in my mind that will turn me into to living out ways that I really don't believe. That's what being a hypocrite is all about. It's how we live out our beliefs. And we'll begin to pretend that we have things all together, that we know all the answers or that we're doing good and we're, we're in a good place. But in reality, we just need to be honest and say, God, I don't know what's going on. I'm scared. I'm on the verge of worrying about certain things in my life because I just don't know what's happening. And we just need to realize we need to be honest in our expressions to God. 
It's a safe place, to be honest. And there's times in our lives where, where we think that honesty is a key ingredient to every relationship, which I would say that it is. Many of you that are married and you have a spouse, I believe it's very important for us to honestly express our, our emotions to our spouse if we're going to have a healthy relationship. You see, if we stuff our emotions and we bottle them up and we don't express them in a healthy way, it really can make us physically ill. We can begin to, to see things in our body that will take place that ulcers could begin to form or, or we could have other issues that manifest themselves because we're, we're stuffing our emotions. We're stuffing the way we feel inside. And we use the excuse, well, I just don't want to hurt anybody. Well, I want to tell you today, there's a healthy way to express your emotions. There's a, there's a healthy way to express them honestly without hurting somebody else. But many times that's how things come out. Or maybe you've been in a, in a relationship or a, a friendship where, where you've expressed your emotions honestly. You've shared how you really feel. And yet somebody tells you, you know what? You probably shouldn't feel that way. How many of you have ever heard that saying from somebody that you care about and somebody that you're in a relationship with? I want to encourage you, if, if, if you're on the verge of telling that same phrase to somebody else, would you just hit pause? And would you try a different approach? And let me share with you why. Because when somebody tells you how they honestly feel, their emotions that are, that are welling up inside of them, would you take time to just listen to them? Pay attention to what they're telling you. Because what they're telling you is how they really feel. And, and when we tell them you shouldn't feel that way or that's not right, what we're really doing is we're devaluing them as a person. We're telling them not to feel a certain way when in reality, it's how they honestly feel. The good news is, is that unlike our spouses or, or sometimes our friends, God can handle our honest emotions. God can handle us being totally honest with him. He says to us in his word, come unto me, all of you who carry heavy burdens, and I will help carry that heavy load. He says, cast all your cares on me because I love you and I care about you. I can help you. You see, until you and I get honest and we acknowledge what is going on in our heart, in our minds, in our souls, God cannot help us deal with it until we give it to Him. We need to be able to honestly express our emotions to God. He's the one that can help us. So when we're in the waiting room, how do we respond and grow in those moments? One, we need to remember to worship while we wait. And number two, we've got to honestly express our emotions. And then finally today, number three, we need to keep a positive mental attitude. Some of you might be thinking, well, pastor, you're just contradicting yourself right now. You tell us to be honest and express ourselves, but now you're saying to be positive and have a positive mental attitude. And I would say, no, I'm not contradicting myself because I believe we can be honest with God and be real with Him and at the same time worship Him and stay positive in our attitude. We may have some negative emotions and some negative feelings, but if we're honest with God, it really gives us an opportunity to say, God, 
I'm being honest about this negative thought in my head because I believe that you can turn this around. I believe that you can help me have a positive outlook on life. As we look at verse number 10 in our text, David writes, Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Wow, that's hope. When those of us that, that have people around us that are so close to us, they seem to reject us or dismiss us or put us aside, and that can be a negative thing. David is saying, I've dealt with all that, but even though those people have rejected me, my Lord, my God will receive me. That's good news today. I want you to remember something today. I want you to remember that the God on whom you're waiting has your best interest in mind. Let me say that again. The God on whom you're waiting for answers from has your best interest in mind. And if you are in God's waiting room today, I want to encourage you. It's best for you to keep waiting. To keep waiting. You see, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Then as we look back at our text in, in verses 11 through 14, David goes on to say, teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses will rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then verse 14, wait for the Lord. Be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. You see, if you and I choose to get negative, it's going to lead to worry. And worry will lead us to fear. And fear is the opposite of faith. And when we do that, we tend to take the results of what's happening in our life. And we try to put them and take control of them in our own life and do, do things in our own life that will help determine the results. And so my, my, my plea with you today as we're in God's waiting room is we must resist the temptation to take matters into our own hands. Let me back up for a minute to Abraham and Sarah as they were waiting on God's promise to start their family in Scripture. We read the story that they were so excited that God had promised them that they would be the, the parents, if you will, to many nations, and yet they were without child. And so they got impatient in the waiting room. And as you know the story, they began to try to take matters into their own hand. We're getting up in age and we need to, to have a child because we're getting old and, and we can't continue to have more children if we're so old in, in, our, in our earthly bodies. And so they come up with a plan that was not God's plan. And they begin to go about the reasoning to have a child in their life. And then we see Ishmael is born because of their relationship with Sarah's, with Sarah's midwife there, Sarah's friend there that was, a, was in that relationship with them. And it caused so much division. It caused so many problems in their life and in their marriage, in their family, that eventually they were sent away. I don't know about you, but 
there's so many temptations in our life where, where we just want to take matters into our own hands. We want to kind of just grit our teeth and try harder or press harder into things. But when we're in God's waiting room this morning, we need to realize that we got to keep a positive mental attitude. We've got to trust the Lord for His timing. You see, nobody enjoys being in the waiting room. But it can be a productive time of spiritual growth and maturity if we will learn to do these things. If we will learn to worship while we wait. If we will learn to be honest and express our emotions to God. And if we will learn to keep a positive mental attitude. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So I don't know what you're waiting on this morning. I don't know if you're just to the point of frustration with so many different things in your life or in this world that you're just tired of waiting and you want things to go back to the way they were or you want, you want to take control over your situation when in reality what we need to learn is that we need to learn to wait on God. Wait in His waiting room because He does have our best interest in mind. When we're in the waiting room, when we're dealing with these hardships and these troubles in our life, we must continue to look for hope. Look for hope. But where are we looking for hope? You see, many of us will look at our circumstances around us and we'll look to those results that we're trying to produce for, for our hope, for, to give us a glimmer that there is some good out there. I want to encourage you today with a couple statements. Where will you look for your hope? I want to tell you this morning that our hope is not determined by our circumstances. If we look for hope in the circumstance that is what it is today, even for our church, we could be discouraged and, and we could really get down on ourselves and start to worry about things. But I want to tell you today that our hope does not come from our circumstance. Our hope is determined by the character of our God. And I want to tell you this morning that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter where you're at in life today, if you're in God's waiting room today, God can be trusted completely with your life. He can be trusted. Why? Because God loves you. God desires the best for you. He wants to help you. He can care for you in ways that nobody else can. He wants to protect you. He wants to provide for you. And let me say it again, because I believe somebody needs to hear this today. God loves you. He loves you so much that he had a plan to save you from eternity apart from him. And today is one of those days where if you're waiting on something in your life, you're waiting for an answer. You're waiting for, for things to kind of return back to the way that you're comfortable with. You're waiting for something that's out of your control. God loves you and he wants you to wait on him. Trust him today. Worship while you wait. Honestly express your emotions to him. 
He can handle it. And we have to remember to keep a positive mental attitude. There's some things we can learn in the waiting room. It's not easy to wait, but we trust the Lord as we wait. Would you pray with me today? Father God, we come to you today. As some of us, maybe many of us today, are in the waiting room. Whether it's in our personal lives or we're waiting for we're waiting for certain things to happen, if it's a physical situation with test results or 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 illness or disease. Or maybe it's spiritual, Lord, and we're waiting to hear from you. We're, we're honestly expressing, expressing our frustration at certain things in our life, but yet, God, we know you can handle our honesty. And today, God, I pray that you'd help us to surrender our attitude to, to you today. Would you help us to, to sacrifice our will, our wants, our desires? And would you help us to pick up what you have for us today. Would you help us to stay positive in the waiting room, to trust you for the results that you want to bring as you want to bless us and care for us and keep us close to you. God, I pray today for myself that you would help us to surrender our worry to you. Help me, God, to, to surrender any negative thoughts that I might have. Would you help me, God, to to just sacrifice my will today at your altar and say, God, you have complete control of my life today. Use me how you see fit. Help me to worship you. Help me to be honest with you and help me to continue to be positive as I wait. God, we love you. We give you praise and we trust you, Lord as you lead us in these days ahead. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As you go about your day today, I want to encourage you to be God's hands and feet today. Love on somebody today. Tell them that you love them and that God loves them too. And know today that you are being prayed for, you are loved and cared about, and I cannot wait to meet together in person once again. Have a great day, and we'll see you again soon. God bless.